put him on the list. I'm like, he got it. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Ooh, that's loud. Seems loud. Time to begin our service this evening. Tonight we'll have one song and then David has announcements. Uh, two more songs and I believe Steve McLeod has our uh, devotional this evening. First song tonight is number 932. If you would let stand for this song please. 932, Holy Ground. Good evening, church family. A couple announcements before we have our devotional. Um, as a reminder, if you have a child going to CYC, tonight is the last night to sign your child up. So please uh, sign up uh, before you leave uh, tonight. Also, Blake and Mally are planning on going to mission trips to Harding University. Uh, they have some forms out in the foyer table. Mally has envelopes, and Blake has a sheet of paper out there where you can donate online. Um, so if you can help out those kids on their mission trip, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, there will, this coming Sunday, there will be no potluck. Uh, we'll have 6 o'clock service, and then Life Group 3 will be hosting a game and snack night after services, and everyone is welcome to come to that. Stepping Stones uh, is January 3rd. Do you know what we're having? Bake steak. Bake steak on the menu January 3rd for Stepping Stones. Also, Young at Heart is January 16th. We'll be heading to the Armory. Um, have some sad news. Uh, Miss England, um, who lives two doors down from the church, um, she passed away at 97 yesterday. Um, 
So you keep the England family in your prayers at this time. The uh, funeral arrangements are at Hall's Funeral Home. Visitations at, is at 12, and then the uh, funeral service is right after that at 1 o'clock. Um, so I know, the I know the family would be encouraged if you could make it to the visitation and funeral. Um, but that's a, that's cut, the funeral service is coming this Saturday. Updates on our prayer list. Remember, remember to continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus and Jim Martin and Jackie Hutchison in your prayers as they continue with their cancer treatments. Keep the doctors in your prayers and also the family members. Um, also, um, remember to continue to keep Friday Simpson in your prayers as well. And David Houck, uh, he's still recovering at home, um, doing much better. Um, also, uh, keep uh, Becky Ferguson's um, youngest son in your prayers. He was in a car accident on Christmas Day and flipped his car. Um, but it, he's just really sore right now. Um, he didn't break anything. Thank God for that. Um, so remember to continue to keep Becky Ferguson's youngest son, uh, John, in your prayers at this time. That's all the announcements I have. Is there anything else I may have missed? And remember to continue to keep those who are traveling. Uh, a lot of people are traveling at this time. And, and uh, keep those in your, in your prayers as they travel and they get to their destination safely. Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here this evening, Lord. Lord, I take what we learned today or tonight, Lord, that we take what we learned that we can apply to our everyday lives so that way we can grow spiritually stronger in you, Lord. We can share your word with others. Lord, we are so blessed to be able to have a God like you, Lord, that loves us that you sent your son to this earth, Lord, to die for us, Lord. Lord, continue to be with our elders here at Rome, Lord. Continue to give them the wisdom and guidance they need, Lord. Continue to keep them safe and their families, Lord. Continue to let us be an encouragement to them, Lord. Lord, we ask you at this time to continue to be with our sick, Lord. Be with Jimmy and Jim and Jackie as they deal with their cancer treatments, Lord, and continue to be with all the ones that are sick and all the ones who cannot make it here this evening, Lord, that uh, you be with them and, and, and comfort them and let them feel better soon, Lord. Lord, I ask you this time to be with our widows and our shut-ins. Let us be an encouragement to them. Let us keep, keep them on our hearts and our minds, Lord, on a daily basis, Lord, and reach out to them and let them know that we are thinking of them. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our youth, Lord. It was so such a blessing to have our youth here all here Sunday, Lord, and, and continue to be with them, watch over them, guide and direct them as they grow up, Lord, that they will follow your word and and, and continue to be good stewards of, of you, Lord. And, and I pray that as parents that we bring our children up right, Lord, that, that they will grow to follow you, Lord. Continue to be with us the rest of this week, Lord. Let help us to help you, Lord, to expand your kingdom, to bring more people closer to you, Lord, and, and to save souls. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. next song is on the overhead only it's in christ alone 
and Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, burning in the ground and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. song before our lesson this evening it's number 829 829 mansion over the hilltop
Song of Invitation, be number 197. Have thine own way, Lord. Good evening. The, this evening, I wanted to uh, start out about telling a little story about my kids whenever they were young. They hate when I tell stories about them, but um, there's a lot of them. Um, when my kids were young and in Chesapeake, Chesapeake had this thing that if you made the honor roll all through the year, then you got to go to, to Camden Park um, with the rest of the class. Well, the first year that, that Logan was eligible for that, um, I told Melissa, I said, I, I haven't been there in 30 years, and I'm pretty sure there's a piece of my gum up underneath one of the rails of the Big Dipper. I don't want the kids going there. And I said, let's do this. I said, we will take them to Kings Island if they make the honor roll. Um, it's not that much more expensive, especially when you offset the cost of the medical um, <laughs> expenses that may be incurred at Camden Park. So that's what they did. So <clears throat> unlike me that, that had my teeth, you know, broke my teeth at, at, in, at uh, Camden Park, my kids became aware of that nemesis I had when I was young, that sign when they went to Camden Park that said, you must be this tall to ride this ride. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it was rough on me because I, I used to be short and... Um, <laughs> And so I spent a lot of my childhood wishing that I would reach those fingers on it. You must be that tall. I hated that clown. But my kids got the same thing at, at, at Kings Island. And as they became tall enough to be able to ride these rides, both of them had their own different personalities with it. Darby, when she became tall enough to ride the roller coaster, she wanted to do it. She was scared to death. I remember us being in the line of the beast, tears welling up in her eyes. I said, Darby, honey, you don't have to do this. Yeah, I want to. Honey, you don't have to do this. I want to. And she did it all the way up. And when you start going through the sections where it leads you to your car and, you know, you're up underneath the same shed with a bunch of people, they started to notice this little girl who was this tall because you had to be this tall um, was crying. And I looked like the bad dad because I looked like I was dragging her onto it. But as we got into the car and it rolled away, the whole place was cheering for her. They wanted to see her succeed. Now, when she first started riding roller coasters, she was scared of falling out of the car, so she would make me put my hand on her leg, and I said, I got you. The straps got you, the bars got you, but I got you. So on our way up to the beast, the first hill at the beast, tears rolling down her cheeks, she went, Dad, leg. <laughs> and I put my hand on her leg, and, and that, that, those tears turned into shrieks. And, and, and out of the corner of my eye when we started down the, the hill, both arms were in the air. She was screaming. She had the time of her life. She just had to conquer that fear. Logan, on the other hand, had no fear whatsoever. And uh, I remember when he was old enough, the first ride that he wanted to ride was the drop zone. And if you're not aware of that, that's one of those things that's like 300,000 feet in the air. And they take you up to the top of it, and then they let you free fall. And so he said, Dad, can we ride that? Am I tall enough? And I said, yes, you're tall enough. I said, but are you sure you're ready to ride that? I'm ready. We got through the line. I said, Logan, let's just step back, let these people by. Let's watch this one more time. I want you to make sure that you're ready for this. I'm ready. We watched it again. Are you sure? I'm ready. We get up and they're starting to buckle us in. They went, are you ready? Because this, they, you can't turn back from now. I'm ready. And they start to raise us up and we get to the top and I said, don't look down. He said, I can see our van from here. <laughs> and I was so tore up about this, being scared that he was going to freak out that the guy that was on the other side of him was laughing at me. And when we went down the hill, I could hear him go, all the way down and we got to the bottom he said that was awesome and it turned out Logan was ready it was me that wasn't ready 
This evening, I want to ask you, are you ready? And I want you to really, truly look and say, and examine yourself. Don't, don't knee jerk. Are you ready? 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. Matthew 7, 21, and I beat this verse to death, but it is because it's so important and it scares me to death. Not everyone saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in the heaven. I want you to remember 2 Peter 3, 9 as we go through this, these, this next few minutes. The first one I want to look at is in 2 Kings chapter 5. There's a man named Naaman. He is the captain. I can't. I'm, I'm used to wandering. He is a captain of the hosts for the Syrian army. He's one of the top dogs. He is a man of valor. The king loves him, but he's got leprosy. And he's not been able to do anything about that leprosy. And it, it, is, it, it, it handicaps him. So at some point, the Syrian army had, brought, had gone to Israel and had brought back, I assume, prisoners. Because they talk about a, a young woman who was a maid that became Naaman's wife's servant. So Naaman's wife's servant finds out that Naaman has leprosy. And she said, I know a guy. I know a guy in Samaria that could heal him. If you can't see what God did right there, take this little girl from Israel that got taken as a prize, I guess, for battle. She was then made Naaman's wife's servant. And Naaman's the guy with leprosy who needs the help. God has put all the pieces in order here. It's just for us to carry out what we're supposed to carry out. She says, I know a guy, he's in Samaria. And it gets back to the king of Syria, and he says, hey, if it, go, 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 go. Here, take this letter to the king of Israel. Take all this money, this silver, this gold, take it. Have him cured. Well, the letter comes to the king of Israel. He says, who am I? I can't bring him back from the dead. I can't cure somebody from leprosy. This guy's trying to pick another fight. Well, Elisha hears about it. And Elisha said, send him to me. So... Naaman makes it to Elisha's house. Elisha doesn't come out front. Elisha doesn't greet him. Here's Naaman, this great captain. He's got all these people here with him on a chariot. Looks all prestigious and royal. And Elisha says, go out there and tell him to, jip, to, to uh, dip in the Jordan River seven times. And so the messenger comes out and he says, hey, he says that you need to dip in the Jordan River seven times. And it says that Naaman was... Angry, raged, enraged. He said, what in the world? I would think that the man would come out here and talk to me, that he would call upon the Lord his God, that he would strike his fist, and I would be cured of leprosy. What is that? And, and, and as far as dipping in the Jordan River, there's better rivers in Damascus. Why in the world would I want to dip in the Jordan River? And he said he started to leave. But one of his servants said, hey, if he had told come out and said for you to do some feat of strength, if some test of your will, some great feat, and you would be healed, would you not have done that? Yes, you would have. So why in the world will you not go down there and dip in the Jordan River seven times? And he said, all right, I'll do it. And he dipped in the Jordan seven times, and he came up the last time, and his flesh was clean. It was amazing. The second person I want to look at is Saul in 1 Samuel 15. 
Samuel's coming to Saul and he said, you know, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king. Now he wants me to come to you and tell you that you need to go kill the Amalekites, all of them. Man, woman, baby, infant, everything, anything that breathes, you kill it. You take nothing with you. Saul said, I'll do it. So he goes, and they go, and they slay the Amalekites. But Saul said, you know what would be cool? Is if we take Agag, the king, with us. And you know, the people said, well, you know what else would be cool? Is if we took the best sheep and the best oxen and the best camels and the best of all the livestock, and we took it. Now, everything that's garbage, then we'll go ahead and kill it. But we'll take this stuff, and we'll take a bunch of stuff with us. That'd be cool. He said, all right. So he gets back, and God says to Samuel, he said, I've repented that I've made Saul king. He said, he did not do what I told him to do. So Samuel goes to Saul, and Saul greets him and says, hey, I just got back from doing the will of God. He said, well, if you did the will of God, why in the world do I hear sheep and I hear cows? Well, you got to understand, the people wanted to keep those because they wanted to offer their sacrifice to God. And I thought that was pretty reasonable. And, and see, I even captured the king. I got the king here. He said, you did not do the will of God. And because of that, God is going to refuse you as king. But I did it because the people wanted me to. The people wanted to take those things back. The people wanted to sacrifice before God. Psalms 1.1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So many times we are pulled astray by, by what our friends say or what our coworkers think or what anybody says or thinks. And so many times I know that you have run into this. You know what? I just can't, I can't bring myself to go talk to that person about Jesus because, you know what? They're probably not going to have anything to do with it anyway. Or I did mention Jesus and they scoffed at me, so I, I quit. We cannot let other people stand in our doing the will of God. Then the last one I want to look at is Jonah. Everybody knows the story of Jonah. We've heard it ever since we were little tiny kids in vacation Bible school. Jonah's, God sends Jonah to Nineveh. He says, I want you to go tell them if they don't repent, I'm going to destroy them. Jonah doesn't like the Ninevites. He said, I ain't going. So he books a boat trip going the opposite direction. He gets out there and the, the God causes a great storm and the boat rocks and, and then sailors get scared. And they said, what in the world are we going to do? And he said, this is me. Cast me overboard. This is because of me. So they cast him overboard and it said they repented of it. And that God sent a great fish and swallowed Jonah up. And somewhere in that fish's belly during those three days, Jonah remembered how important God was to him. And he started talking to God and pleading with God. And he said that, hey, I was in hell and I cried out to God and he heard me. And it says that God caused that fish to spit Jonah back out. So after Jonah was spit back out, he went, okay, I'll go to Nineveh. So he said, I'll do the will of God. So he goes to Nineveh, and he goes through Nineveh, and he tells these people, hey, you all need to repent, or God's going to destroy this place. You need to repent, or you're done. And the king adheres to it. He says, everybody, sackcloth and ashes, everything and everybody, if it's breathing, sackcloth and ashes, we're going to repent. And they do. And you would think that Jonah would be pretty pleased with that. He had done the will of God, and he was successful in doing the will of God. But no, that made Jonah mad, because he said, I, I didn't even want to be here. I can't believe that you made me go do this in the first place because they're not worthy of this. I can't, I don't want to be, I didn't want to be, just kill me. I don't want to be here. And God killed him. No, God didn't kill him. God reached out to Jonah with mercy. And it says that Jonah went outside the 
the gates of the city and God caused this gourd to come up with great leaves and it provided shade for him in the heat and it says that Jonah was glad and God showed him mercy. But then God made a worm that ate that gourd and Jonah wasn't happy anymore. And he caused a great wind, a hot wind to blow and it was more than what Jonah could bear and he fainted. God showed him what it's like not to have mercy. What's it to be the recipient of a non-merciful act? And he tells him, he said, is it not good for me to save 120,000 people that don't know their left hand from their right? You didn't make that gourd, you just enjoyed that gourd. Is it not right for me to do these, this merciful thing for these people? Matthew 21, starting at verse 28. Jesus is confronted in the temple by the chief priests and the elders, and they're trying to trip him up as they always do. And Jesus says in verse 28, he said, I want to know what you think. He said, there's a certain man that has a vineyard. He comes to his first son. He said, son, I want you to go out and work today in that vineyard. And he said, I ain't going to do it. But then he repents. He thinks twice about it. He said, you know what? I am going to go do it. And he goes and he works the day in the vineyard. He comes to his second son and says the same thing. Son, I need you to work today in that vineyard. I sure will. I'll do it. And as soon as dad turned his back, he went, I ain't doing that today. I've got better things to do today. Jesus asked him, said, which one of you think, think, do you think did the will of his father? And they said the first one. And they were right. The first one said he wasn't going to do it, but he did it. And he pleased his father. Sounds a lot like Naaman saying, I'm not dipping into Damascus. But he did it, and he was cleansed. The second one that said, I'll do it, and then wound up not doing it, sounds a whole lot like Saul, who said, yeah, I'll go do the will of God. And then he got there, and pressure, peer pressure, <coughs> took over, and he didn't do the will of God. Now, Jonah, on the other hand, Jonah's a mess. Jonah said, I'm not going to do it. Yes, I will do it. Now, I did it, but I'm mad. But God showed us mercy. God, God allowed him to be angry. He said, you don't really have a reason to. But he didn't kill him. He didn't cast him down because, again, 2 Peter 3, 9. God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, or is patient to us, or not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God wanted repentance more from Jonah than what he wanted his life. So this morning, with this being said, where do we fall? Where do you fall? Because you have to ask yourself that question. I have to ask myself that question every day. Am I ready? Am I ready? Am I doing the will of the Father? Because if I'm not doing the will of the Father, Matthew 7, 21 says, I'm not ready. This evening, God wants your repentance. He wants you to turn around whatever you're doing, whatever you've done. He wants your repentance and he wants your heart. And that's all he asks for, and to do his will. This evening, if you have gone astray, fallen down, uh, the Bible says a, a righteous man falls seven times and gets it back up. If you've fallen, this is the evening to turn that around. If you have never become a child of God, if you have never been baptized, washed like Naaman in that watery grave of baptism, to arise and 
not have new flesh, but to walk in a newness of flesh, then this is the very evening that you do something about that. Because you know what? We're coming up on the first of the year. We don't, everybody's got plans for that, but we don't know if it'll ever get here. We may be called before then. So do that tonight before it's too late. Because once it's too late, it's too late. If you have any need, would you come as we stand? Let's all pray at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you. Thank you so much for the lesson we've heard tonight. Father, for the, reminding us, Father, to be ready, always ready to serve you, but always ready to, to be the example you'd have us to be. Father, you've done your part for us, and we just pray that, that your grace and your mercy will be found upon each one of us as Christians, <clears throat> that we will be ready to meet you someday. And Father, we're just so thankful for Brother Steve and Brother Sai and, and all those, Father, who serve you in the capacity of preaching and singing. And Father, we just thank you so much for the, the work that Chris and Dave do, Father, and their families, and the work that the elders do and the deacons and, Father, each and every member as, each, as we all strive to serve you and, and do our best for you. We're thankful for everyone here tonight. Father, we're just thankful that you've blessed us so much this past year, that you've been with us through some hard times, Father, and through some good times, Father. And we realize that happens every year, but we're just thankful that you've given us another year to live, and hopefully, Father, to have served you in a way that would make you happy. Father, we do thank you so much that you've blessed us financially in this congregation and in the membership, Father, that you've given us the blessings, and the blessings have been returned, Father, to the congregation that Things were able to be done uh, that maybe we didn't expect to be done. And, and Father, that we're in a situation at this time, thanks to those blessings, that is a positive, a positive Father. And we're just thankful for that. And thankful for everyone that gives and every, everybody that does the work for you. And Father, we do pray your blessings upon those who do plan to do mission work this week or this year. Father, for Mally and Blake and for others, Father, that are maybe planning to do that as well as the mission team that's working now to prepare for the next mission missionary journey that they plan to take either at the end of this year or the end of next year or whenever just pray that you'll bless them to continue to have strength and health and, and the desire to serve you 
Father, we pray that you'll bless all of us to have that strength and health in the year to come to, and the desire to serve you, Father, at this time. Father, we just pray that you will be with those who are in mission fields at this point and with the Aquanito family, Father, and the Galloway family, and, and Father, for those who work with Midwestern Children's Home and, and all the different things, Father, that we try to help with, uh, with the food pantry and all those who work with it. Father, we're just, just so thankful that you've allowed us to, to do those things and pray, Father, that we will continue to be able to do them in 2024. Father, just bless us tonight, all those you teach us, and we're thankful for the teachers as well. Thankful for every member. We're thankful for all you do for us. We're thankful for your love and your mercy and your grace, and we ask your forgiveness when we fail you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>